if something works, how can it be wrong? Character, sincerity, effort, etiquette, and self-control. Welcome to the Wait and Speak podcast. I'm your host, Rikbir White. Today's topic is karate as a martial art, lessons for life and business. I had the pleasure of speaking to Sensei Lars Nias and Sensei Stefan Stein. Uh, for more on their karate credentials, please have a look at the detailed show notes. And without further ado, here's the interview. Sensei Lars, Sensei Stefan, welcome on the Wait and Speak po- podcast. Thank you Thank very you much for having us. Well, Thanks very much. Yes, now I'm really excited for this special episode. Um, since a lot, I'm going to start with you. Um, and maybe as a background, um, karate started as a method for self-defense and then they added a focus on discipline and later the element of sport karate. And these three types of karate should not be compared as they, are each, they each have their own specific focus. But could you tell us more about the origin and purpose and then development, the development of karate? Um, and then just um, adding to that also to mention, can these different types of karate, these three elements, uh, be complementary to one another? Um, you mean karate as a concept uh, as a whole or to me personally? I think start with to, to you personally and then maybe add on to karate as a whole for the, for, for the karate as an art. Um, how can the different style or different focused areas perhaps um, help each other or reinforce each other? Okay, well, if so, I, if they can. I kind of um, had my first exposure to, to judo actually when I was a kid. Um, because mm-hmm. Reason being, my father used to do judo and uh, I, he, he would drop me off at boxing in Brixton in Johannesburg at the Brixton Recreation Center. Uh, where our, our instructor there was Wim Nas Buertis, who was a very uh, strict coach. And uh, we'd go and box and do our thing. And then another guy, would his, his dad would drop me off at the judo where my dad was busy training, so I'd watch them. And in, in the course of that time, I then along the way met Sensei Stan Schmidt. I must have been maybe nine um, or eight, I can't remember. And then I always had this vision that I was going to do karate one day. I didn't know how, I didn't know where. And uh, then in 1981, it um, uh, started when I was at university. I, I met a guy at university who was running a club. He was one of Sensei Rob Ferrier's students. And uh, then I started. And so, um, and then I just carried on. In fact, I failed my yellow belt grading <clears throat> and then um, trained double as hard to try and pass it mm-hmm. and uh, carried on. Um, maybe I was too dumb to give up. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, no. but that was it. Um, I, I um, for me personally, um, I think that uh, to, to try and answer your question, karate and, and actually the whole of martial arts used to have this mystique about it. <clears throat> um, and I fear that it's either has been lost or is getting lost because um, it's become very commercial as, I mean, that's the way of the world these days, I think. Um, 
and the sole focus is on tournament karate, which means it's lifespan. If, if that's your sole focus, you will retire by the time you're 30-odd years old, and that'll be that. You'll hang up your belt, you'll hang up your suit, just like the, the football players and the rugby players do, and you'll either get fat and ugly or move on to something else. <clears throat> but um, to me, it's a life skill. Um, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, as I think uh, Stefan will agree with me, um, karate and, and I guess all of martial arts has as good as the as good as it is for one, it's unfortunately got scattered with characters that taint its reputation through mm. ego and, and a whole lot of things. And um, uh, even in the tournament side of things, I, I know personally that Stefan has been robbed a couple of times. I hope I'm not speaking out of, out of turn here, um, but he was robbed a few times of winning South African titles hmm. due to manipulation. Uh, please stop me from talking out of school. No, thank you, Sensei. Yeah, maybe I've maybe I've sort of rambled on a bit. But, no, uh, uh, since I lost, I wanted to ask then, I think it's some very valid points. Um, and you talk, talked about the mystique of karate and the commercial aspect. And, and, and I think this is my personal view on it as well, is that we need a focus when, if, if you're serious about karate as a as something that you pursue as a life kind of a lifelong journey, um, then you need to be in touch with those traditional values. I think you know sport sport karate can can be part of what you do, um, but your core focus and your you know starting point is those traditional values. And I think you can ask yourself any, yourself anyone who wants to start karate, why are you really doing it? I think many people might start off thinking, now I want to do this for self-defense. Uh, self I want to be able to defend myself or for fitness. Um, but I think if, if, if it really is for you, you end up falling in love with it, um, you know, and, and you just, it's really something mm -hmm. that you really enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so the, that, I think that links to what you've just said. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so, so I think linked to this, um, since I still found in traditional karate, if we took what, what we just um, with the background that we just mentioned, what what do you see as our key focus, and what do we want to achieve by practicing traditional karate? I th I think um, traditional karate is a term that that gets thrown around um, with a lot of other Japanese um, terms to as a selling point for for um the, the dojo um but mm -hmm. but just to just to elaborate quickly on what last sensei said is one of my very good friends brian duca sensei he told me about this test he did in his in his own dojo and i did it in mine um where you ask your students um why did they start karate and the the answers vary from self-discipline to physical fitness to self-defense um, so it's, it's a wide variety of questions, but when you ask the students why did they stop karate, the answer is limited to one, and that's because I didn't win a medal or competition-related. So that, that is the sad part. Um, but often, to back to your, often, very often. Um, but back to, to get back to your question about the traditional karate, what we 
should focus or seek to achieve, um, I would definitely say um, self-discipline would be the, the major focus because self-defense, um, hopefully we never have to use that, but that's also very um, individually um, related. A bigger guy would mo more easily defend himself than a smaller guy. Um, but with self-discipline, just to train every day and improve yourself and be better than yesterday, um, that would go a long way in just to improve your skill set, not just in karate, but life as well. And then you'd reap the fruit of that by winning medals or whatever your secondary outcome is. So traditional karate, for me, the biggest focus would be self-discipline. Mm. No, that, that's excellent. And, and I think that links um, to, to the, the topic of today. Um, I'm, I'm, I did lessons for life and business, and I think you just touched on it. So it's that discipline, um, you know, with all the associated yeah. benefits within your karate, but then if you really stick to it, that spills over across all other areas within your life. So that, that's great. Um, and, and, and then I'm going to go on to my next question, just with some personal background on my view, and then I'm going to ask my question. So for me, the biggest strength and value of karate as an art is that you never stop learning. That that should be your, that's my personal outlook. It's not about um, winning medals, about always learning and improving yourself, being better than you were yesterday. And, and that's uh, exemplified by Nakayama Sensei, who said, strive to conquer yourself before you try to conquer another. So it's so much more than just physical exercise. Um, it adds value on several levels. Um, and then... Linked to, to what you said about discipline, uh, since it's dear fun, is the five elements that we talk about in the dojo-kun, um, which are a great starting point to for, for our discussion. So with, with that in mind, um, everyone might not know what, what is the dojo-kun. So I want to ask you if you could please explain, uh, both of you, sensei's, um, you know, what, what, is the dojo, what are the dojo-kun principles and how can we use those principles not only for our karate, but also in our personal and professional lives? Fun, would you like to start? I'll, I'll give it a go, Sensei. Um, thank you. Um, so for me, <laughs> I'll, 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 stick, <laughs> I'll stick to the English versions and I'll leave the Japanese translations to you, Sensei. Um, <laughs> but the, the basic five <laughs> principles of Dojo-kun um, is um, character, sincerity, effort, etiquette, and self-control. And, and that falls within the self-discipline aim that I spoke of earlier. Um, so I think at the end of the day, we should try and achieve or improve and optimize these five principles within our own lives on the karate floor pr primarily, and then secondarily on, in our professional and personal lives. Um, just to give a small, small testimony for me, um, obviously there's no version of, of myself not doing karate, but within my professional life, definitely, I can testify that um, I'll always be humble and because that's what karate taught, taught me. Um, so mm. whether I'm in my own department or within the bigger um, institution, I'll always um, see myself as, as the junior. Um, not by that, I'm not saying that I won't recognize my own skills and expertise, but I'll always be um, the lesser um, and that's that's one thing that karate taught taught me. Um, but with saying that, the attitude and um, 
self-motivation to really put yourself out there and back yourself in, in any professional or personal circumstance. I think those are the, the biggest and most precious um, skills that karate has taught me within those five um, principles. Mm. No, that, that's excellent. And, and I think we've kind of touched on my next question in part. Uh, maybe to Sensei Lars, um, you mentioned the mystique of karate, and I wanted to ask, you know, how could we explain the concept of, of karate as an art or a martial art? Um, and, and I think it's linked to what you spoke about, about this mystique of karate. Mm. Could you maybe just elaborate a bit more for people to understand what do we mean when we say, you know, karate is a martial art? Well, what, I, what, I, what I've started to do is because I remember um, in the, oh, when I was at school and, and in the 70s and, you know, in the 60s even when my dad was in the judo scene and into the 70s, uh, the guys were experimenting a lot and they were challenging each other with things and there were constant demonstrations and you would, um, you know, the judo guys, the karate guys, uh, articles were being written. Since Stan used to write um, once a week for the old Rand Daily Mail newspaper, uh, subsequent to which he, 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 he used to write for a magazine called Fighting Arts International, which um, the editor of which was um, uh, uh, a top uh, karate union of Great Britain, Great Britain sensei called Terry O'Neill. And um, he, he used to write philosoph about philosophy, about, um, you know, uh, what karate would do for you as an individual or what the whole concept of martial arts would do for you. Whereas now, <clears throat> I think unfortunately, if I look in the local newspapers, your whatever chronicle, all the guys write about is what medals they won at XYZ championships. You don't actually see anything written about what the art is, what the discipline is, what the steps are you have to follow, how, what it can do for you, where it comes from. Um, none of the above. So, so you, mm. you're just seeing, go join XYZ club, but that in that place, we've won 15 gold medals and 28 silver medals and all that nonsense. Um, and that's all you see. So, mm. so, so you're now getting. A, I'm sure we've we've all experienced this. Um, Stefan, you being running your your own dojo uh, together with with Zilla. Uh, <clears throat> you'll you'll get parents who also come in and say, well, okay, when can little Pity do a flying kick? I mean, I had that the other day. When can he do a flying kick over three motor cars? Sure. <laughs> Maybe never. Maybe never. Yeah. You know, if your body type's not like that, you probably never will be able to do it. <laughs> oh, my God. And you know, you know, uh, but, you know, that, that said, you've also got to introduce constant changes into what you're teaching on the floor and things like that. Um, uh, but I do think the mystique is gone. And I'm trying to, in my own little way, bring it back by starting to publish a few articles and, you know, writing stuff. Like I, I had a long chat the other day to Sensei Dave Friend and... Um, 
I spoke to him quite a lot, and he's got ideas. He, you know, his whole thought process at the moment is, um, you know, we're so we're so uh, set in our ways by by saying, no, you got to do this, you got to do that. High and shodan, the first kata, um, where you step forward forward into a block. He says, why should you step forward into a block? Normally, you would angle away backwards slightly. And then attack forward, mm. you know. So, so then because we also one track minded, we say no, it's wrong. So there might be a guy who comes and he brings that in, and then you tell him no, it's wrong, and he gets penalised for it. So, since Dave was saying, if something works, how can it be wrong? Mm. So I thought about that, yeah. and <clears throat> um, um, I'm trying to evolve that into my training and into what I teach. Hmm. I mean, these are just my little thoughts. So I, I think that's where the mystique goes missing because it's too... People try to fast-track everything. Hmm. Anyway, it's a roundabout way. <clears throat> hmm. okay. I don't know what no, you that, guys think about it. Yes, I, I'd like to add on that. Um, and I think what I mentioned earlier about the term traditional and Budo and Bushido and terms being thrown around, I think that brilliantly explains what Sensor Lars just said um, about the, the loss of the mystique. Um, I think we live in an era where we've got these scientific improvements and scientific developments, but we, we try to stick to, um, you know, I want, actually want to say, a, ancient ways of doing stuff just to fit into the traditional box. But um, I think Lars Sensei will, would gladly agree with me but a lot of the older karateka they now sit with knee problems and hip problems because of unscientific ways of training but as soon as you start thinking out of the box you are um labeled as oh, i don't know what to call it but um yeah you get you get chucked out of the, the mainstream karate because you're not doing traditional or budo karate or whatever you want to call it and I think the, the part of the mystique of karate is to, it's, it's an ever-developing art. Um, just as an artist is always improving himself, um, you, there'll always be something that you can improve on in your karate life. Um, and I think that's the sad part that we are try or forced into these boxes and not allowed to think just logically about stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, um, no, those, those are know, we, from both sides excellent ideas, and we, I think we've, we can all um, reflect on that. We've uh, we've spoken about it, and I mean, you know, maybe one day, uh, hopefully soon, um, the three of us will have a coffee, and um, yes, uh, uh, like there were seminars that um, we would go to where where we already knew in advance, what are you going to do? You're going to stand there. You're going to, you're going to do a gyakazuki and then there's going to be a talk for about half an hour. Then you get all stiff again. And, and I mean, how many more times can you do that? Mm. You know? Yes. And, and, mm. and then there, where does the creativity go? And I believe as Stefan says, it's an art. Art's about creation. It's about a creativity. Mm. And we need to keep awesome. that. We need to maintain that. We need to 
um, we need to attract members. I mean, why are so many guys going off to MMA and, and stuff like that? Because it's got, it does different stuff all the time. We don't, a lot of us. Since a large, and then since Stefan, you can answer, I think it's linked to what we've just discussed as well. What advice would you give parents thinking about getting their kids involved in karate? Um, and, and I think it's important to speak to them about their ideas. Why do they want, want to do karate? Um, and then what are, obviously, what are the benefits of doing karate? And then does the same apply for someone starting their training as an adult? Stefan, you want to Maybe answer? Maybe Sensei Lars and then Sensei Stefan. Okay. Oh, Sensei, please go. <clears throat> uh, you know, we, we, I, I always, you know, if, if I get new members I, or, or I get inquiries um, from parents, uh, and or new adults, I also have started to ask the question, what are your expectations? Mm -hmm. um, I haven't been applying it consistently. I should actually, now that Brian mentioned that, um, and I, you know, if you could pass on my regards to him and tell him thanks for the inspiration. Um, I will, I will, <laughs> thanks. So. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a very good thing. What, is, what are your expectations? What do you want to achieve? Um, in fact, the other day I got asked that because I was, um, I spoke to a guy about yoga for myself. Um, I have been doing yoga because of all these injuries. And the guy said to me, the teacher, he said, what, what do you want to do? So I told him about uh, what my story is. And he said, well, okay, that's, that's a start. And I think we don't do this enough. All we do is we take members in because we see, oh, they're going to pay another 500 bucks. Mm. And we, uh, you know, cling, 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 and, you know, each knee, son, and then they leave again, you know. <laughs> and it's boring. <laughs> it is. Yes, um, Sensei, if, if, I can, if I can also elaborate on that, I think um, mm. in my experience, I've experienced exactly the same way where students within the first week um, already ask the question, so when will they be able to run up against the wall or punch punch, sure. <laughs> punch, punch through the wall. a rock? And when do we start breaking bricks? And then I told them, yes, um, I understand that that's your um, reference living in South Africa, but um, <laughs> that's, that's not quite what we do. And I think that's where... Parents often miss, miss the whole idea of karate. I mean, I started karate because um, I had at, at the age of seven because I wanted to be a professional ninja turtle. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. But um, <laughs> I, think, I think that part of the fantasy and mystique, if you can um, encourage that and keep that alive, in the child and not primarily focus on self-defense because self-defense mm. is such an individual aspect that mm. I think that's when you start creating this love for the art and you start um, uh, preaching the, the principles into the, the kids or students' life. Um, and then from there on, yes, one day they will be able to defend themselves or run up a wall or whatever your outcome is. But I don't think that should be the primary focus. And Rukir, I met you 
when you started karate, um, obviously as an adult. And in my experience, mm. um, it was a, it's a lot easier to teach adults than kids. Mm. Um, you are mm. restricted with their the movement and capabilities. But um, yeah, I think um, adults often think that, no, I'm too old to start karate. Mm. But I think mm. if you end up with a proper instructor and an open-minded instructor, you can really go a long way and, and fall in love with the art. Mm. 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 Okay. Agreed. No, Agreed. Ec- excellent points. I mean, I don't think there is there is a, such a thing as too old to start. <clears throat> Definitely not. Do, do think so. mm. um, th- then my next question, also to, to both of you, Sensei, on that point, what, what does it take to be a good karate car? Um, and obviously not to only get your black belt, um, I think that's also something elusive which people cling to, but but to make karate, rather make karate a lifelong journey of learning, Le- not only learning, but also teaching others and improving yourself. So so there's already a kind of, you know, my personal take on, on what is important, uh, but but what is your take on how to be a good karate car and on what you should focus, on what should you focus? Sense, I think you should start. Um, <laughs> you've got way more experience than me. <laughs> you guys are both PhDs. <laughs> <laughs> Bachelor degrees. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? I, I can only quote uh, my, my first sensei, uh, being sensei Rob Ferrier in Durban. Um, and he used to say, karate is in your head. It's in your mm. brain. It's in your head. Uh, and and uh, you, you, you can visualize it all the time. Um, I, I, play, I play music as well. I play the bass mostly, bass guitar. Mm-hmm. And I found so many similarities between that and karate because you, mm. you visualize what you're going to do. You you mm. you visualize how to expand, how to do a move, how to how to do a technique. How you're going to explain another thing to your next lesson? Maybe you got your your junior kiddies um, who, who sometimes they all over the show, and then but you got to zone them back in. Awesome. So so I mm. I found that you know as long as you can, kids kids understand a lot more than we think they do. And I, I tend to explain um, uh, today we're doing this, that's why we're doing this. And you talk to them and you coach them a bit in terms of intellectual input and then they move forward. And the same principle applies to adults. Obviously, you're not using it in, in simple speak, um, but uh, it, it keeps them interested. It, it keeps them focused and it also forces oneself to improve as a practitioner of the art mm. you, you you think you it's it's in your mind it's 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 mostly in your head i believe mm. i mean an, yes. an example to me is say someone like sensei norman robinson who who is 83 turning 84 soon um, he's, he's got physical disabilities through injuries as a sensei day friend, both of them for different reasons, yet 
if you're in their classes, they, they explain things so well. Mm. You know, they may not demonstrate mm. it, but they'll explain it. Mm. Very good point. Yes, I, I agree. Um, I think to to add on what Sensor Lars said is I think if if karate or, or you should we should always remember that karate is an individual art, sport, whatever you want to call it. Um and and by saying that we shouldn't fall into the, the trap of of competition where we always compare ourselves with others. So for instance, what Lars said about the similarities between music and um and karate is um any any musical artist, whether he's internationally famous or just famous in, in his own shower, um, he needs to improve every day and just be better than yesterday. And I think if we can just keep that in mind with our karate, that will make you a, a great karateka. Um Absolutely. at the end at the end of the day, your your grade or your skill um is not determined by the number of medals, regardless of how you oh publicly um I present that I think if mm. if someone attacks me in the street today and I shout at them but listen I've got five national championships <laughs> under my belt <laughs> that guy just will not care I haven't tried that yet um, but I'm, I'm certain it will, will fail <laughs> It won't go over well. Well, you'll be you'll, you'll be more determined to knock you out. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There's actually okay. a there's actually a book that I that I um got referred to by Bernard Pace. I don't know if you guys know him. He's um got a dojo at um uh, Broadacres there near Fourways. And Bernard said to me, I should read. He's, he's, he's one of the JKA boys. And um, he said to me, read this book. It's called Inside Sports Psychology. Um, and there it, it, it explains that, you, you know, um, how to make or break an athlete. And you can well. apply it to, to daily life. Um, and it, it says that, you know, for example... Uh, there's maybe somebody who maybe came stone last, but next week he comes back and he still came last. But the question that you've got to say to him is, did you improve on last week? Yes. And if the answer is yes, yep. that already is a victory. So it's little increments. Then gradually the guy will start getting into the zone and they explain the zone. What is the zone? And, and the importance of things like match day practice um, and just being eventually you'll be in the zone all the time, actually. Mm. Mm. Since Stan Schmidt used to say that, you must always be aware, always be in the mm. zone. Mm. Mm. And, and since a lot, I think that's a very important point you just made. I think sometimes if you look at someone, it, it would seem that they are, it just happened. Um, but it never just happens. Nothing in life just happens. Um, you know, to to get into that zone, mm. it needs that you need that determination to keep on going mm. um, and and working at it and becoming better. And over time, all of that builds. That you know, that commitment builds yes. over time. Yes. Mm. Yes. 
Yes. <clears throat> and, and and then just the last question, since the last you now already mentioned that that uh, inside sports psychology book, which is, sounds very interesting. Um, I can share it, I can share it with you guys um, if you want that book. It's please, very good. Please, Sensei. And there, there's another one that I found just on the similar topic written by Dr. Kerry Evans, who um, is also a psychologist. Um, he, mm -hmm. he coached the All Blacks and Arsenal Football Club and a few others mentally. Um, it's called... Uh, sure, but I forget the name now. But I'll, I'll, I'll send it to both of you. Um, Please, Sensei. It's a, it's a, he talks about the blue zone and the red zone. And the, where he cites an example of... The blue zone is where you you calm, you collected, you you kind of in the zone, I guess. But now the red mm. zone is you're walking down the street. Suddenly you're confronted by this rabbit dog or a bunch of crazy lunatic people. What mm. do you do? You know you're not prepared. Mm. You just got to react mm. somehow. So so mm. then it goes back to the blue zone. The more training you've done to keep yourself in the zone the more collected you'll react in an unprepared situation. Mm. Yes. Yeah. No, that, that's and that you, that you can apply anywhere in life, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Oh, no, th thank you, Sensei Lord. The book's called and, Perform and Under Pressure. Final... Sorry, the book's under called pressure. Perform Under Pressure. That's the book. Perform Under Pressure. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, just lastly, I think... Are there any other books or resources you could recommend? And then obviously, um, if, if someone is interested, it, it's, it's um, important to, to get, get to, um, you know, to speak with an instructor and, and get that direct input. But um, I think books and resources are a great, you know, great uh, place to start and also to think about these things and develop your own thinking. Um, are there any other books that you might recommend? Um, there are lots of political um, <laughs> um, <laughs> centered books, um, which I don't think uh, would be appropriate to recommend here. But I think no. um, one of the, the YouTube channels um, is that of the karate nerd, Jesse Inkamp. Um, and yes, he's, so he's got quite a, yeah. yes, he's got quite a couple of interesting um, facts and videos about karate. And I think, it's, it's a lot about the topics that we spoke about and the more philosophical side and not just, okay, this is how to do a punch and this is how to do a kick. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd suggest people having a look at that. Yes, he's brilliant. I've watched and he researches mm. it very well. <clears throat> very, very well. Mm. Mm. But since Lars and since Stefan, it was really a great pleasure and I enjoyed speaking to you about this. Um, you know, this topic is something close, close to my heart as well, and, and I know to you as well. So it's really been an honor, and it's been wonderful having you as guests on the podcast. Um, and I hope we can do it again in the future. Thank you very much. Yes, um, thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Lars Sensei. And that's a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, happy listening.